You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast and Church Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Witten. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Holy rock star entrance. We're a little bit late to the stage, but we always try to deliver when we're here. Welcome back to the undercard. We've taken a few weeks off. We'll talk about what's happened in those few weeks. I was in New York uh, two out of three weeks. Um, and then uh, Larkin Dash, who fought for Bellator's here. But we'll talk to her a little bit later. But our first guest is um, A, not an easy interview to get. B, is probably uh, one of the biggest names in combat right now. Uh, I... I think that if you follow anything right now, you know about uh, Bare Knuckle uh, fighting right now. And David uh, Feldman had agreed to join us, which I'm so excited about. And we were supposed to have him in about like two minutes. So we're not going to waste anybody's time because I think uh, um, everybody wants us to do the interview anyways. I got like seven people complaining. Hello, you've reached the voicemail of David Feldman. Please leave me a message. All right, we'll try him back in two seconds here. Sometimes it doesn't always work as well as planned, but let me text him. See, in the early days of podcasting, I would have been uncomfortable with that silence, but now I'm year six. I don't care. Just fast forward through it. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, though. As soon as David uh, Feldman says that he is ready, um, I want to talk about how much I love. I'll probably probably get in a love fest anyways with uh, David about how much I love uh, the bare knuckle stuff going on. Uh, but within, we've not been back since uh, Larkin fought at Bellator 222. And also we have to cover um, what else happened? What else happened? What else is heaven? My mind just went blank. Michigan's playing for a national championship in baseball, which is just, that's mind blowing there, too. Um, soccer, soccer's going on. Soccer, women's soccer. You know what? I'm friends with some of them on Instagram, the and they, they're taking up my whole Instagram. Uh, outside, though, is yoga going on. And uh, the bartenders were heckling the yoga people, and so they got a better tip from me. They were saying, uh, be yourselves, don't be robots. And they could hear them through the uh, glass down there. And the yoga people were like looking at them with disdain. But I was just like, in yoga, you're supposed to love everybody. So don't, I think, I've never done. But aren't you? There's a lot of yoga pants down there. A lot of yoga pants. A lot of yoga. 
a lot of yoga. All I right. mean, if you're dealing with like the whole, like the one girl that I knew who taught it, like the chakras and the stones and the crystals and peace. And I love. would love to be good at yoga, but it's just not something I've had enough time to put time into. There's one I can do. There's actual position where you just lie like you're dead. It's like a dead man's position. I could do that one. It's called the corpse. Yeah, the corpse position. I could do that for about like five minutes. All right, let's call him one more time. Although I haven't got an answer that he's ready yet, but we're going to do it. Through the magic of internet. I wasn't going to let it get voicemail again. Oh, you thought it was going voicemail? Yes. All right. We will move on to a subject, but I promise that we will keep trying David here. Um, hold on. But let's, uh, well, we have some time. Larkin, you got to fight at Madison Square Garden, man. Break break it down, the whole whole event. Oh, geez. Well... Um, I was there from Tuesday night until after the fight. So it was a long time in New York. It was a long time walking around everywhere. Um, they had it set up really nice where all the weigh-ins and everything was in the hotel, which we stayed at the New Yorker. So it was super close. Um, media day was awesome. Everything was awesome. The whole experience was crazy. It was so great. Um, I did lose in decision, but... I still wouldn't take it back. It was an awesome experience. Um, I want a rematch. I called out for a rematch. I don't know if I'll get it, but what questions? What 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 else should <laughs> I say? Uh, so yeah, so you fought uh, Valerie Lareda, mm-hmm. and uh, she's ranked pretty high as a prospect. <clears throat> um, so let's just talk about it right there. Um, your goal wasn't to fight at 125. You were moving down to 115, but this offer comes along and it's 125. Um, very beatable person. Didn't you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything you would have changed about the fight now knowing how the decision went? By the way, I had you winning and I honestly can separate myself from – I can honestly separate myself from like getting personally involved with decisions. She she knows uh, Rochelle being around me so long that I can honestly like uh, just separate myself. You, I felt knocked her down twice. You had a takedown. It looked like you had no uh, for sure a takedown attempt. I felt like she was running. I don't know how the judges came came about that. One judge at least gave you a round, but uh, if that fight lasts fifteen or sixteen more seconds, you dropped her again and you were ready to like pounce on her. That thing could have ended in a knockout on the ground. Uh, I know that's not how scoring works, but I was kind of disappointed. There's a video of me just going around Madison Square Gardens asking people who they thought uh, won, and I don't know. I was disappointed. Yeah, thinking back on it, yeah, I did a lot of thinking about it, and 
I wish that I would have known that it was going to be close because in my mind, I felt like I lost easily. Like until I watched the video of it, I thought I lost bad. And so I wish someone would have told me, yeah, like you're really close. You need to do this, this and this in order to like make sure that you win this. Like I didn't even know it was close. So in the third round, I was kind of, I mean, I hadn't given up obviously, but like in my mind, I was like, all right, like I'm already like, I already lost unless I can knock her out. I've already lost. Right. So having known that and having been able to like see how it was looking from outside, like how the judges were seeing it, I wish I would have been able to like, even if it was just to get points to take down, take her down or to get kicks or strikes or whatever I would have had to do to like make the judges realize that it was closer than it was. That would have been nice. Yeah. So I, you were landing, I thought, better with hands, even though that uh, I was reading what people were writing. But uh, clearly they put a lot of emphasis on the kicks. But we knew going into that fight that you were going to take a lot of kicks. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then – but this is what bothered me most about everything is she stopped throwing kicks. Yeah. And then – so then I'm like, well, how are you scoring it? Um, I think two things happen. I, I mean, I can't answer for her, but I think uh, she said she hurt her, hurt her foot, but she caught you flush and it didn't even bother you. I think that changes people's game plan. And then I think she was so afraid of the takedown that you would catch a kick and get her down that I think that became, uh, you know, kind of an issue. David just uh, messaged us. He'll be ready in five minutes, okay. by the way. Um, do you agree? I mean... Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I don't know, but I did notice. I was like, she stopped kicking, and that changes things. I was like, I don't know how that changes things, but I know that that changes things somehow. You lost, but you won because you came out and you had, like, tons of fans. Not only did you have tons of fans, like, people know about your heart, and you have one hell of a chin. I mean, like, it's going to take you a lot to get you to go down. Um you know, there was one kick where I don't know if you didn't see it or you thought it was going low, but you caught it flush. And I mean, that would put down 99% of the population in the United States, and that didn't even bother you. Yeah, I felt it. I felt it. I did. <laughs> it made my, because she hit her, part of her leg hit my ear, and it made my earring. Like, because it, like, you know, when you hit yourself in the ear, like, makes your yeah. earring because, like, the pressure or whatever. Yeah, my ear was ringing from it, but it wasn't like it didn't phase me like it didn't it didn't get me at all like off my equilibrium or anything but i did feel it like it did land well and of course there's a picture of it right exactly um conveniently i know but the whole bellator experience just tell us uh before we go to david uh like what you know Sum it up. I mean, it's New York City, Madison Square Gardens. Your family was there. That was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards, just people coming up to you because you earned you earned a lot of fans. We had the the meet and greet at Hooters, which Hooters was amazing that whole week. And then um, I don't know, just like kind of sum it up. Yeah. So um, the all the Bellator people were super nice. I was actually extremely impressed because I was coming in as the underdog, and I knew that they really liked Valerie. And I think that they definitely liked me more after the week than they did, like, before I came in. And You did a few interviews. Yeah. You know. Yep. And um, doing the interviews was awesome. Um, 
the Hooters thing was sweet. It was so cool to be able to be like in the Manhattan Hooters and they took care of me and like gave me a care package and everything like that. And I mean, it was just so cool to like, because obviously like we went out and walked around Times Square afterwards and people came up to me and like recognized me, which was super cool. Like a couple of people that had come and taken pictures with me, they saw me again. They were like, oh my gosh, like, how do you feel? And we're just being really nice. So it was a positive experience completely overall. I mean, I tried to stay off the negative social media as much as I could. But other than that, it was super positive. I was really mad at like MMA junkie. I'll say it. Because like their their headline was stupid. It's like uh, Valerie picked you apart or something like that. I was like, she didn't. She didn't pick her apart. Like, I mean, there's no way you were picked apart. So like, I was mad about that, especially because we had met that guy at Hooters. Like, I'm probably starting a rivalry right now, but we had met that guy at Hooters, and like, you just weren't picked apart. Like, she couldn't put you away. And you showed you belonged in there. So I was really mad at their headlines. As a matter of fact, I like tagged them right away. I was like, that headline sucks. Are you and sure you want to continue sitting there? Because of the sun? Yeah, yeah it's all right. Um, but uh, a lot of people like said that, you know, you know, you're young and, you know, it, the the cool thing to take away from it is that you, you, you belong in that, you know, and uh, whether it's Bellator or UFC going down the road. Uh, you showed everybody you belong at that level, and not a lot of people can do that. So I, that's the most, you know, proud thing I was about it. In the way you handled everything, you were so upbeat at the press conference. Like, I mean, just so happy. You're so upbeat that, all the time. That had to piss off Valerie because, like, you were just so happy, and um, and then I mean, you were sick too. Oh yeah, I'm st- I'm still sick. I so know. you'll be sick for a while. Because, I know. Like, I'm uh, better now. I'm. Can't you tell it's not as bad? Well, no, not, you've only heard me hacking. cough like three no. times since I've seen you. I know you're by our food over there too. You should. I'm not contagious anymore. I know, I know, I know. All right, let's call uh, David Feldman, and we'll talk more about um, Larkin's experience at Bellator and stuff that I saw and Hoist Gracie and all that fun. Hello. Hi, David. You're live on the air with the undercard. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We're we're super, man. I, I'm excited to interview you here. Uh, we're joined by David Feldman. Uh, if you were anywhere around combat sports this week, you heard about Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships. Uh, congratulations, first off, on uh, that's the second event I bought and another successful event. So first off, congratulations on that. Uh, second Thank off, you, uh, uh, sum, sum up this event. Um, you know, uh, it, what, what this event meant for the company. I mean, I think it, it, it definitely took us to another level. I mean, we were on the same weekend as other major combat sporting events. And I think all the eyes were on us. So that said a lot of, it, it served the purpose of what we wanted it to do. It got the attention of the media, it got the attention of the fans, it got the attention of everybody. I think the event from top to bottom pretty much lived up to the expectations. I think the main event could have been a little bit more exciting, but, you know, that's what you get. Uh, we experimented from a real pure boxer to a brawler, and, you know, the boxer wanted the box and didn't really want to engage too much. Um, but all in all, if I had to grade the event, I graded um, probably a, like a, a B plus and A minus. It was a, it was a great event. Um, I, 
everybody in the stands loved it, and everybody I talked to after the event said they'll definitely be tuning in again. Now, that's the interesting thing about something I I personally have just, you know, from experience, you know, I've, I've written about the sport for like 10 years, but I don't think I've remembered anything taking off this fast. And I don't think UFC took off this fast because they were they were more sporadic. Um, how do you curb momentum uh, in, in wanting to run faster with this, but, but keeping the quality in place? How, how, how do you do that from a business plan standpoint? Because you, you can't, you know, you can't have any more momentum than right now, but you could have more min- momentum if you know what I mean. No, I know. I know. It, you know what? I mean, it's actually a question we're asking ourselves internally, like, you know, what's next, what's next, because how do you top this and how do you top that? And every time we figure out a way to do it, because, um, you know, we, we have to, we have to figure out a way to stay relevant right now. Um, bare knuckle fighting itself, I think is very fun and exciting, but you know, when we're in the mix against the other top companies out there, we have to do things to keep our name relevant. So we have some pretty good uh, announcements that'll be coming up here in the next few weeks to keep that momentum going. And, um, you know, like I said, the team and the fans and the media, I think everybody's kind of excited. And everybody asked me the question you just asked, like, how did you guys do it this fast? You know, but I think it was just, it wasn't just that we've been in business for a year. We did our first fight a year ago, but been working on this for a long time. So I think that's why, you know, kind of had a long time to plan out how we wanted to do this. And I always said to everybody that was involved in this, that, when we got this going, we had to sprint out of the starting box. We couldn't walk because if we walked, somebody else would catch us and pass us. So we couldn't do that. So we, I think we are leading the pack in bare knuckle fighting anywhere in the world right now. And, you know, we're in the mix of, of all combat sports right now, which is really, really great for our promotion. Now, you got some uh, four fight veterans. Think about that. Uh, Johnny Bedford is a veteran at four fights, but uh, he, he wins uh, your tournament. Uh, is clearly a star. How are you gonna? How often can a champion fight in bare knuckle boxing? Because it, it, you're not getting as many injuries. I, I read an article by Forbes today, and I want to clarify: the injuries are more surface, and 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 not as bad as going twelve rounds in boxing. They were they were trying to point out how brutal it is. And, and from a, a picture standpoint, yes. How often do you think a champion could fight? at bare knuckle fighting per year uh, you know two two or three times you know i think the same as a champion would fight really in any other combat sport barring any bigger cuts or barring a broken hand or anything like that but i mean you know that that happens the same if not more in the other combat sports so i would say two to three times but again we can't as we're growing this, you know, a lot of people at the post-fight press conference were saying, well, that, that would be a good rematch, and that would be a good rematch, and that would be a good rematch. And, yeah, they would be good rematches. But at this early young stage of our, our um, promotion's growth right now, we have to get new talent in there as well. We can't just keep showing the same faces over and over again. With that being said, you know, we are going to be doing more shows. We're going to be doing 12 shows starting in September, a monthly show from when I said 12 shows, 12 shows in one year, at least a monthly show, plus some bigger shows as we get the big names in there. So we're going to have a lot more opportunity for the fighters. So, you know, to sum it up, you know, at least two to three times a year, they'll be able to, 
to defend and, you know, see if they can defend. Um, you know, everybody's gunning for them right now because right now it's different than it is in any other combat sport. It's not just that you get a chance to be the champion of the promotion or the sport. It's that you actually get to be a pioneer champion in this in the promotion or the sport, which is a little bit different right now. Now I know you were asked about this at the press conference, uh, but uh, they did a they did a poll, and you said you weren't too interested in polls. But MMA Junkie did a poll on what people were going to watch, and UFC was mentioned in there. But you guys won by like fifty six percent. People were excited, and maybe it was the poly coming over from boxing. Uh, but th- have you seen any numbers yet? It, were were they impressive? And and do you think that you might have beat UFC on ESPN that night? Well, I mean, it's a little different because UFC is a subscription based. So, you know, their subscriptions, whatever they had, could watch the fight. They didn't have to necessarily pay for that fight. They're already on a subscription. But I will tell you that the preliminary numbers are telling us that we blew the doors off anything we've ever done before. Um, and we did some pretty decent numbers in the past. So we definitely made some ways. We had a sellout crowd of uh, 4,500 plus. And then, you know, we opened up the top deck then and we didn't fill that up, but we opened that up late. But everything that we did for this event, um, we got some, a lot of foreign television deals. We got a lot of, a lot of bars were buying it. It was a great, great event for us. And everything we did, we really, you know, we did it right on this time. We, we advertised it right. We marketed it right. We promoted it right. We had the right fights on there. And I think it was a great event at the end of the day. I was very impressed with uh, Pauly uh, Maljan uh, Naji at the end. He didn't like the decision, but at the same time, he he threw respect to your sport. And I thought that because Pauly is a color analyst for Showtime, I thought that you didn't need it because the sport's so fun to watch. But it was neat for him to say he had fun in there. And not only did he have fun in there – that he he re- respected the sport. Did you feel the same way? Did you like his comments? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Paulie Bout did a lot of smack talk um, building up to this fight. And Artem even said after after the fight, he goes, no one sells a fight better than that guy. Well, look, we're all promoting and selling a fight. And I think, you know, you cross some lines there as, as he was selling the fight. But with that being said, Paulie is a, is a really – um, eloquent guy to speak with. He's a nice dude. He's he's got a great vocabulary. You know what I mean? He's he's just he's a good guy outside of it. He's been nothing but one hundred percent respectful to me in the promotion the whole entire time. So you know whatever happened with Artem, I I understand he definitely crossed the lines and disrespect issues. But I think he all did it in just in just for selling the fight and probably didn't mean what he did. And and I think it came out afterwards. He you know he even took his hat off to Artem and said, look. This this win is going to do a lot more for you than it is for me, and you have a child now, so you know. Hopefully, you make a lot of money. <laughs> now we have a fighter here in Michigan, uh, John Chalbeck, who I know is uh, bothering you all the time to get a bare knuckle uh, chance. But I know you had some. Never heard of- Never heard of John Chalbeck. <laughs> uh, he he wants to get in there bad. How how do you go about scouting? I know you had some open tryouts. Uh, how are you going to find that next talent? Because everybody does want rematches, but you say you you know you got to add more people to keep this thing going. Uh, Is it going to be tryouts? Look, he's going to come over. I'll, I'll be honest with you. He talking to him. He can fight. He's a good dude. You know, good father, nice guy. I, I, I like him, but some of his fans were hitting me up and saying some things I didn't like and honestly just pissing me off and I just didn't want to deal with him. But now, 
you know, now it's more than that. It's I do want some good talent there. So we're definitely going to bring John over. I don't know if it's going to be for August or September. We're going to talk in the next couple of days. But I think it's going to lean more towards September. But we'll absolutely bring him over and give him a shot to make a run at this. But uh, but my question was, how how does the average person do it? Like you said, you need more ta- your talent. Uh, John, John just hit your social media over and over. But, like, you had some open well, tryouts. Well, look, uh, how are you going to find the next yeah, layer of talent? I mean, they're reaching out to us. I mean, we're getting 100 applications a day still. So they're reaching out to us. And honestly, we didn't really go through it because we were looking for the right guy. Like, I need the perfect guy. Now we don't need the perfect guy. We just need guys that can stand in there and bang and want to bang. And then we're going to build our build our talent on top of bringing the big names in because we have so many shows to do now. So with that being said, we're just going to dissect all these applications. We're going to review a lot of film. We're going to look at the guys that we're trying out. And we have some real special talent that we tried out that I think are going to do really well in this thing. So that's pretty much, you know, with people reaching out to us and with us going out and searching with the um, with the tryouts that we do and with getting some of the bigger names, you know, that kind of culminates how we're going to find the new talent and the next level in this company. Somebody was asking me, this was a boxing purist who who just wasn't buying into what you guys were selling. And I, I said, he asked me why I liked it. I love the fast pace. You guys don't waste time in between matches. I hope that do- doesn't change. I don't like the lead-ups. You guys are right back in there. The The rounds are quicker. The fights move fast. I, I, I like the speed of the sport. Is that something that you want to keep up? Because like the, the event moves. And the way the fighters move forward, it moves. Absolutely. I mean, whenever anyone asks me, why did you design the ring or the rules or everything I did was for fast-paced action. You know, you start from three feet from each other on two four-foot lines. It's in a circle ring, so they got to keep rolling. They can't get trapped in a corner. The time limit, five two-minute rounds. We are going to do a couple unique things. Now we are going to do seven, seven rounds for the main event and or championship fights. We definitely are going to do that. We saw that that could do that in, these, in this last show. And we're also going to add one more thing in there that if we do have a draw, we're going to fight an extra round for the winner. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're going to try our best not to end up with draws in the, in, in our sport with that. I mean, it shows that we really do want to see who the best fighter is. We're not trying to, have a promoter champion or anything like that. We just want the best for the fans, whatever the fans like. And fans love action. I mean, they, they pay for fights. I think most people pay for fights to see the fights, not to see all the backstory and stuff, which is fun. And it's a great build up to it. But I mean, we're giving them, we gave them eight fights on pay-per-view, eight fights. And when you watch a, you know, a big MMA or a big boxing um, pay-per-view, you're watching three or four fights tops. Now you're a former boxer. What what have you added to uh, bare knuckle uh, fighting championships that, as a fighter, you wish you had? Is there is there something special you do for them backstage, or is there something special fight week that, as a former boxer, you're like, man, I, it's just something cool I want to do for them? You know, man. I I mean, it's just really every one of these guys has a chance to be a star now. So I think that's it more than anything. It's so young. And because it's so young right now, every anyone that really stands out right now can really, really stand out. So, you know, I, I guess if I had anything to say, I just wish I had a chance to be in something like this at the early stage of the growth right now. But the other thing that, I, you know, what we do is we give medals out. We do different things that some people go, oh, that's for amateurs. Well, it's not for amateurs. It's for what we're doing. We're unique into what we do. 
and we're leading the pack right now. And I think the fans love us. I think the, I know the fighters love us. I know the networks are starting to love us because they're reaching out to us. So, I mean, in everything that we do together, I think, you know, I think we have a really nice product here and, you know, we're, we're just making the, everybody happy, I think. The medals are the coolest thing because they're coming from a cast of something over a hundred years old. Did I read that correctly? Right, that's coming from the original cast of Bare Knuckle Boxing Award, right? Or yeah, absolutely. That's coming from the Police Gazette, and the Police Gazette is the originator in the uh, championship belt in Bare Knuckle. So that's coming from the um, actually the Bare Knuckle Boxing Hall of Fame. Scott Burt, he's the president there, and he's also associated with the Police Gazette. And you know they want to do something, and and you know. We thought at first, I don't know, is it making it like an amateur thing? But it's not. I think it's something pretty cool because every, every fighter that wins gets to go home with something besides just money. Well, I tell you what, David, uh, you are on to something big. I've not been excited about something uh, in combat sports in a long time. Uh, I was at my son's baseball game, literally streaming it on my iPad, watching it. Uh, Rochelle, uh, who's my girlfriend, she got to witness it for the first time. What do you think of it, Rochelle? Well, I like it because I I like the brutality. I like to see blood. Yes. I'm, I I don't like to see it like you know on, on a personal level, but to that's what we like about the sports, about you know combat sports is we like the brutality of it, even though it's we know it's a sport, but it's just something carnal about it. Yeah, some of the pictures that were taken by the photographers ringside were absolutely amazing from the event. Just, uh, they, they did a, a great job, but just seeing what goes into, uh, the bare knuckle fighting championships was well done. I want to appreciate, uh, or give you a thanks for coming on here, David. I appreciate it greatly. I know. Thanks for having me. And the funny thing is about your girlfriend or fiance, I don't know what you just said. I forget, but. Women are really starting to take to this thing. They like it. I think it's exactly what she just said is they like the blood. You know, women act like they or people put women in a spot where they act like they don't like the blood. They like it. They like everything that a man would like, you know, not every single thing, but they like this. They're in MMA. There's almost the same amount of women fans as there are men right now. And that's starting to build up with bare knuckle as well, because they like the action. They like to see it right in the face. And, you know, like, my my fiance and I think your girl would probably say the same thing that they don't want you know they don't like the guys rolling around on the, on the mat they want to see them standing up and banging and that's what we give them. Yeah, I I, I hate it. I call it cuddle time. <laughs> she calls it cuddle time. Well, I won't tell, I won't tell you what my dad calls. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, hopefully you'll let us call back after your next event, August tenth, and uh, uh, or maybe do a preview that that time. Uh, I'd love to, you know, have you a part of the show more. Do you mind doing our radio ID for us? We we love having you on here, dude. You're like, it's just great. Um, no, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, just a, yeah, just say that uh, your name. You're listening to the undercard, and maybe say toe the line or something like that. My name is David Feldman, president of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships, and you're listening to the undercard, and it's time to toe the line. That's awesome, David. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch uh, probably around August 10th. Thank you so much, and congratulations on your success. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. That is David Feldman. It doesn't get bigger than that. Thank God Skyped work. We've had so many interviews that we've tried that Skype has not worked, but that one, uh, he's the biggest name in combat sports right now. Have you watched any of the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships? I haven't watched it live, but I've watched little clips. Oh, on, my God. Yeah. I've watched it on 
the internet. It's, I mean, you you know him great, well enough to where greatest. like baseball <laughs> is number one. Second, his son playing baseball. And he's sitting there with his iPad mm-hmm, watching mm-hmm. this. It's so addictive. Oh, my God. The cuts are just amazing, He was so amazing, excited. He's, all day, that's what he talked about. Even, I, like, days leading up to it. He's like, I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited mad I'm 41. I'm, I'm not, I would do it in a heartbeat. I'm not sure if I would do it. I don't know. No, no. You're too no, pretty. You yeah, can't. No. no. But me, I could. No. I wish I wasn't 41. I mean, 41. these were guys. The guy had a tattoo on his head. On his. Yeah. The cuts are just, like, just They're made career-ending cuts in boxing and MMA sometimes. And they're just, like huge gashes and they and fuck just, up their hands yeah like paulie yeah. said he, he he broke his hand and everything but i i was giddy all day for that event and i wanted to keep talking about it and these boxing purists who i'm friends with are like just like oh yeah but if you think of it as a different sport don't compare it to boxing mma just think of it as bare knuckle right two guys getting in a fight and uh, women fight in it too beck rawlings and uh uh, oh, we've had her on Brittany, Brittany Hart or Brit, Britain Hart. Britain Hart. Um, we've had her on. Uh, women do it too. Dude, it is just so fun. It's so fast paced. I'm curious about the seven rounds. I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> right, exactly, dude. Yeah. Like they already look like Quasimodo afterwards. Yeah, like, the fight I, I mean, watched was like, five. Right. But these guys are so proud of how bad they look. They, they, they were sending photos to me and stuff. They are so happy how bad they look after the fight. They're like, hey, look at this. It's like a badge of honor. Yeah. They're like, this ain't going away ever. And I'm like, no, it ain't. (laughs) Like, but, but it's like absolutely amazing. Uh, see, I got John Chaw back in there. And apparently he's going over there anyways. And apparently his fans almost messed it up for him. So I hope, I hope you heard that. Uh, but you're going, John. You're in. You'll never look the same. Well, I mean, he did spam him every, like, five minutes. Well, that's what I was trying to say. How do you want – because, like, say I'm the president of something big right now. Like, mm-hmm. Larkin's riding popularity like crazy right now. But, like, I wouldn't want that to be the way you got a hold of me with tags going, hey, give me a chance. Give me a chance. Give me a chance. I'd please, be like, please, ooh, ooh, I'd me, be like, I'd be like block, though. block block will you say like i even say. have i have followers that like like how do you how do you get me to look you up and follow you and figure out who you actually are like every single picture for the last like two years and then yeah. comment on everything and i'll probably look to see who you are like yeah. that's just how it works like if you get enough attention from someone someone's gonna be like who is this person i failed last night at it unless he did hold on i might have not have failed i will tell you in two seconds if i failed Give me two seconds. <coughs> and you know what I'm talking about, Rochelle. I um, love this guy that's joined yoga. There's a couple down there. An old guy. Okay. Oh. So um, we went and saw Hugh Jackman. We went and saw Hugh Jackman down the street. Uh, yes, we did. I heard. Yes, it's amazing. I was, was going to try to go to the fireworks with you guys. Seventh row. Uh, anyways, uh, he was responding to everybody on Instagram. Yeah, he was. Nonstop. And then, like, he stopped at me and didn't say hi back. And I really, I I thought, he has a person? And then I read what he was writing. He doesn't have a person. I believe that was him actually commenting back. Well, good for him. Right, because the way he was talking about Mitch Album and other stuff like that, it, it seemed like personal knowledge, but I didn't get a response back. From Hugh. So. Well, you also did it Not after the sh- you girl. did it after the show. Yeah, it took you us weren't a while Dave to get out of there. in the audience. I wasn't. 
empathy, even mm-hmm. the audience. I will say this. It was better than I ever thought. Probably top five concert I've ever been to. He was amazing. It was num- It was probably number one for me. It was outstanding. Hugh Jackman's a pretty cool fucking guy. So that's all I'll say. Yeah. I and he, he showed he had a whole like tribute to his wife up there. He's got to do that. Why? He does. He knows. He, I don't know. Hugh Jackman could get any woman in the world. You know yeah, how you keep he, his you know how he keeps his household sane is he does that tribute. So like when she's crazy like you get and she's like well, girls are just sending bikini pictures to you. Be like, but I give a tribute, and they had, all know. Yeah, well, you had a girl make you a bathrobe. That's true. Once <laughs> oh. it was actually just a robe. <laughs> bathrobe sounds with your name on it. Sounds and much more intimate. It was silky. It was nice, actually. Yeah, you need threw it away. <laughs> I think you threw it away. That should go in the Brad Museum. Oh, no. I should go to my old high school or my old no alma comment. mater. Yeah, it went away. Um, okay. <laughs> but I just, the listening audience has just found out if they're new to the show that me and you are an item. So I talked to David that we're an item. And we're not so, married, by the way, everyone. He he was covering all bases. No, no, no. Girlfriend, not, not fiance, my wife. So many people think we're married and no. Yeah, I, I thought you guys were married when I met you guys. Well, yeah, she she... She said that yeah, I had, had you under her phone as Rochelle's man or something Rochelle's like that. wife. What the Our husband. Fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, I didn't know your name for a she's, long time. She's Brad's wife. Anyway. I take top bill. No, it was an amazing, <laughs> no, amazing show. If you love, I mean, he threw in everything from his career, whether it be Wolverine, <coughs> whether it be the Broadway movies, uh, his, yeah, he was just. The energy and the cardio that man has. More importantly, I don't get too personal on the 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 show because you guys are all crazy out there. But my mom uh, doesn't get out much. She's not been well in quite some time. And uh, they're not in Olympia anymore. They're 313%. They had one lady that assigned herself to my mom the whole night. and From the moment we walked through the doors. They were amazing. And down to seventh row tickets, down to... They couldn't be more amazing. Now... Outstanding service. Now, I was going to say something about LCA that didn't involve the people. The people were amazing, right? Mm -hmm. But I was going to say something about LCA that I I thought was... And you're uh, looking at me like I should know? What... I can't remember what it was. There was something that I was like, man, you know what? This still freaking stinks. Like, like it, the they could have got it right. The lines for the food or like the no, lack of. not that, not that, not that. I don't know. I can't remember. But the people there are absolutely amazing. Well, and that, that, that makes the arena. That, that woman was literally your mom's personal assistant. And it was, I mean, it made she everything. Her, oh, well, I don't know if I can no, say where she walked. It made back. everything. It made everything like. Just so much better for your mom. Right. I mean. So I will give credit where credit's due. I rip on them when they're, they're not good. But the people that the Illages yeah, have hired are absolutely amazing. And down to, once again, seventh row? Seventh row? Seventh row. Seventh row. By the absolutely stage. amazing. Just, I don't know. You know what? That's that's actually what made the show. I could see Hugh Jack. I didn't have to look at the video no, screen. Yeah, I saw his, his expressions. expressions. 
there, dude. Yeah. yeah. So like that, that made the show. Like if you're high up in a concert, it's totally different. But so I want to thank them for everything they did for her and made the night special. So I don't, you know, it would definitely be a memory after you know, long and gone down the road. Like I, I'll, I'll remember that. Like she got to see her man Hugh Jackman because she tossed me and my brother aside for Hugh. She loves Hugh. Like I mean, Hugh, she'd be like, I don't know. He's got competition. Who's competition? Robbie Williams. Oh yeah, and she likes Queen. We're going to and Queen next week or next next month. Next month. Yeah, so we're going to see Queen. But Hugh Jackman was great. He wandered around uh, Detroit. Didn't get to see him apparently. Uh, but yeah, he responded to everyone we on Instagram except me. Kind of sad. Cry tears for you. I know, and I, I like. I even made it like personal. I was like, this was. Great. This part of the show was great. Uh, you know what? Not too long, too. At that, his age demographic is. <laughs> <laughs> it was your mom. Yeah. Across the board. There was an overflow of wheelchair 40, access. 48 to 65 would be his age frame. So, uh, Easily. anyways. Yeah. Where was but I there going were some, with that? There were some little kids there, and they. Almost everyone we saw was dressed like was, him from The Greatest Showman. Yeah, and like the whole like <laughs> circus leader. That's, That's what adorable. I was going to say about it. It was so. So awesome. know your demographic. Two hour show, twenty minute intermission. Mm-hmm. Didn't need to be longer. It was perfect amount. Maybe oh, yeah. there was a couple songs that we both agreed that like we were surprised he didn't sing, but uh, you cried during the Lay Miz part, and then you said my mom cried during the Lay Miz part. Well, yeah, and I, cried I was waiting during for the next song, song. That, wasn't a, that wasn't even one of his. Not a Lay Miz fan. I call it less miserable, but like it was going on, and I was like, "Get to the next song," and then like everybody was crying in my group down the row. I was like, "Yeah, but he played. He sang Found from Dear Evan Hansen, and that's." Like one of my You cried during top, that, I oh, think. That too. I did. That one I bawled because that one God. that song is really personal. He needs to sell I tissue. He no, sold I... playing cards, but not tissue. Sell tissue with Hugh Jackman on it. Especially Underwear. Uh, I would have bought Hugh underwear. JT had underwear at his first solo show and I bought a pair. I would have bought Hugh Jackman fragrance, I said. Yeah. I still, I still nicest program I've ever seen. I, I may literally the nicest see program. If I order that mug. Literally the nicest program I've Did ever you seen. Just wave to somebody. Yeah, I don't know why he's waving. I was just waving back. He, <laughs> he didn't look like he was interested in people with yoga pants. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to see if I can order that mug. I still want that. <laughs> look at you, baller! Just whip out the. Apparently your your credit card wasn't stolen in New York last night. No. So I'm going to tell this story. Uh, and then we got to go to break because I got to eat. So I was in New York two weekends out of three and I did use my business card, uh, to buy beers for Larkin's team after she left. Uh, some of, some of them, some of them were sissies and drinking with straws. (laughs) I've never seen beer drinkers with straws, but, uh, see, I can still buy the hoodie. So the beers were $41 and $44. And then I bought the shirt I'm wearing, the Bellator shirt, which was 33. And I am at Hugh Jackman, and my I get a notice from Capital One, and Capital One goes, "Are you trying to make a purchase? Are you trying to make a purchase at Madison Square Gardens right now for a hundred bucks?" Never ran it for a hundred. I don't respond to the first one. Then it says, "Hey, you're running it for a hundred again. Is this you?" I was like, "No." Because you didn't answer the first time. Freaker got me for 200 No, no, no. 
You didn't answer the first time, so they resent the text. No, 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 no. It was ran at a different register because it says a different register number. But anyways, uh, Jackson Brown was playing Madison Square Gardens, I believe. Ironically, if I was in New York, I'd go see Jackson Brown. But I don't know. I have a chip card. I don't know what happened. We still don't know what happened. Uh, Yeah, sucks. Every time you go to New York, you're going to have a card problem. I know. I feel jinx there now. But now the card's all locked up and we got to figure out what happened and it sucks. But let's, uh, I'm going to eat. We're going to come back, talk more about Larkin's okay. experience. And then you I can't do this. Wait. And then hold on. Oh, my phone died. Uh, hold on. Oh, in five minutes, we are calling uh, Matt Friendo. Oh, okay. Welcome back to The Undercard. Officially, we're episode 308. We just had David Feldman uh, on earlier on the show. So if you're uh, just now somehow listening to us, go back and listen to it from Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships. Now we're going to be joined by Matt Frendo from Lights Out Championships. Some funky music from Skype. Hey, Matt, you're live on the air with the undercard. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Good. We are joined by Matt Frendo, uh, head of Lights Out Championship. Uh, do you want to be uh, known as president, creator, founder? What's the title you're going with nowadays? Uh, I've, I've done a few interviews in the past couple of days, and I've been called everything. So, Well, what, what do you want to be called? Like yeah, uh I don't know. Probably CEO. That sounds about right. CEO. I like it, dude. You're doing it again uh, this Saturday at Delta Plex. Uh, you've had some successful shows, and uh, you're building on it again. Uh, tell us, uh, first off, great main event. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that, and then some highlights of the card that you got coming up. Yeah, so the main event is Eric Lozano and Corey Cuffey. Um, these guys have some some pretty bad blood. Uh, they fought uh, actually just about five years ago to the date. Um, Lozano took that fight, and you know Corey was pretty young in his career. And ever since then, you know Corey has really been bugged by the fact that Lozano beat him. Um, he thinks he's a better all-around fighter. You know, it's uh, he thinks he's a world-class athlete. And losing to somebody like Lozano in his eyes is uh, kind of an embarrassment, is what he's put it as. So. Um, you know, he's, they've had some trash talk. They were set to fight at my last event and Corey got food poisoning the morning of, or the night of, and it carried on into the day of the show and he wasn't able to fight. You know, he was throwing up and couldn't stand up and, you know, dizzy and, and everything that comes along with getting food poisoning. So obviously he couldn't, he couldn't make it. And, um, it was, uh, it was a pretty crazy situation. You know, we were three fights into, into the show. And Corey, I hadn't heard from him yet. So, you know, after the first three fights, I got a message from his brother. And, um, you know, it was all bad news from there. So, you know, these guys are ready to, to get in there and, and rip each other's heads off. So, um, you know, that'll be a good fight. And, and the whole card I'm excited for, you know, we had a lot of dropouts. I originally scheduled 15 fights and we're down to 10. 
Uh, there's been a lot of injuries. You know, guys have had some crazy, you know, I had a, a fighter cut three of his toes off um, in a landscaping accident. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I've had some, I've had some pretty wild, uh, some, some wild things happen to some of the fighters on this card. So it's, uh, you know, it's definitely been challenging, but uh, I'm really happy with the fights that we have. You know, we've got 10 really good fights. Uh, we've got four pro and six amateur. And, you know, the main event is uh, obviously Lozano and Cuppy is for the middleweight championship. And then on the amateur side, I have uh, Kelvin Harbaugh taking on Mike Thompson for the amateur bantamweight championship. And I have Christy Gard taking on Karavis Lasky for the amateur atomweight championship. So I still have some really good fights. I'm, I'm very excited. I hate fight week because it seems so close, but yet it takes so long to get here and nothing good ever happens on fight week. So I'm always <laughs> Except uh, you're on the undercard. hoping and praying. Yeah, I'm always kind of hoping and praying that things go well. And, you know, so far so good. So it looks like we're going to be rolling into Saturday with 10 awesome fights and and we should have a good show. Now, uh, your co-main event, the Mongoose versus uh, Murder Manib. Uh, I forgot the nicknames correct there, but uh, both those guys got off to a slow start. Like I remember seeing Anthony and, and uh, Michael and being like, I, I didn't see it. And he went to Florida and he got a lot better. And then Manib uh, got off to an zero and two start. Uh, weren't you know one was a knockout, but has since now four and two. And, and looks like the Manib that uh, Cody talked about every time he was in the studio from Michigan Top Team. I'm really excited about that bout because both of those guys are kind of peaking at the right time. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the, uh, right the head there. Um, you know, these guys are peaking at, at the right time. Um, you know, <clears throat> I had a, I had the pleasure of putting uh, Manib on quite a few amateur cards and I knew that he was going to be something special and, you know, he started off his pro career on the wrong side. You know, he took a really tough rematch for his debut, uh, from a fight that he had taken as an amateur and lost. Um, you know, so that was a tough way to start. And in his second fight, you know, he looked pretty good. And I remember him taking like a pretty nasty body shot, like a, a spinning back kick to the liver, I think it was. And, you know, anybody takes a shot like that, they're going to drop. So. You know, he started off his career pretty rough, and, you know, ever since then, I, I think he kind of got to a point where he had to decide, like, hey, listen, like, I, I have to, like, fully, not that he wasn't dedicated, but it, I have to fully dive into this, and this has to be my life with nothing else going on. Like, this is what I eat, sleep, and breathe, and, um, you know, I think he's done that. He's knocked his last three straight guys out. You know, he's definitely on the upswing, and same with Anthony Michael. You know, I put I've played Anthony Michael on a few cards in Grand Rapids that he lost and, and they're fights that I personally think he should have won. And, uh, you know, one was a close decision fight that he lost to Sean Rosencrantz. Um, you know, he could easily be six and two if that fight maybe goes his way. Um, you know, he got uh, submitted against a guy that I thought he would, he would beat fairly easily. Um, so, in, you know, and then you, and you hit it on the head again with him going to America's top team, you know, he's, he's turned his career around in a, in a major way. So, you know, those guys, um, you know, where they're at in their, in their careers, they're both on the upswing, you know, both doing much better. And this is a perfect time to see, you know, really who's made the more improvements, you know, who's kind of um, going to set themselves apart here and, and who's going to, you know, move their career forward. So that should be an awesome fight. And, I just don't uh, think that one goes to decision. I don't know who gets it, but I don't think that goes to decision. I really don't. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think, you know, the general consensus from what I've been seeing people predict online is, uh, you know, if Muneeb wins, he's going to knock him out. And if Michael wins, he's going to spit him. Um, and that's the, the cool thing about it is people are completely overlooking the fact that Muneeb actually does have a decent ground game. You know, he's not a right. terrible wrestler. He's been practicing jiu-jitsu. And Anthony Michael has better stand-up than people are giving him credit for. You know, you can't just rely on one thing. And I think maybe that's where those guys got in trouble early in their pro careers is they kind of honed in on one thing and they didn't fully round out their game. And I think they both have done that since then. So it's going to be an awesome fight. I really do think that that has the potential to be fight of the night. All right. well, or knockout of the night. Also, they're both like very energetic people. Like they're very energetic fighters. Like I'm very excited to see this fight because yeah, of how they, they fight. Yeah, they're both high energy guys. Like that's a, uh, you know, usually you got some guys that come in, they feel each other out for, you know, a round, maybe half a round, and those guys don't do that. They need they need 20, 30 seconds to feel each other out, and then they know what they're doing, and, and they go and get it. So I like those type of fights, high-energy, entertaining guys, and, and that's really what I'm trying to put on the card is, is entertaining fighters. Now, uh, you mentioned Christy Gar fighting. She's a, a girl that uh, I remember when James Gray introduced me to her, her wrestling background. You just thought that it, it would be like nonstop win, 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 and then to the pros. Uh, a couple tough losses against really good uh, opponents. I believe both were out of state. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see her development because she's had a little bit of time off now and to see, uh, obviously a tremendous wrestler. She, she was an amazing college wrestler, but, you know, a couple losses that it, it was tough to try to gauge where she would be. And I know James brings along his prospects really slowly. Very interested to see that fight and where her development is. Yeah, this is this is a really good fight for her. So, you know, like you said, her last two fights, she's taken losses. Um, you know, the, the last opponent she fought, um, <clears throat> that's a girl that should be pro already. And I think when she when she turns pro, she's going to have a ton of success. Hans Goggins is an absolute beast. Um, you know, and that was a good test for her. You know, Christy, she got in there, she took her the distance, and she lost the decision. She kind of gauged where she was at in her career as well, and she knows what she had to work on. And, uh, you know, fighting somebody like Kara Vislowski, who's a super experienced fighter, you know, she's been around for years. She's had some really tough fights. She's had some awesome wins and she's had some fights that, you know, did go her way. But, you know, it, it'll be nice to see how Christy has the experience of Kara. Um, you know, there's, I don't think there's really a situation or a position you can get, uh, Kara into that she hasn't seen before. So you're not really going to catch her off guard. So, you know, we're going to see if Christy really is what she says she is and what James has built her up. And, you know, we're going to see if the hype is real. And, and uh, you know, and, and looking at Kara, you know, this is probably her last amateur fight, I would think. You know, she's been talking about going pro for a while, and I think she's open to it. It just depends on, you know, the matchup and the timing and stuff like that. So um, this would be a really good fight for both of them. It's a big test for both. You know, we'll see if Kara's ready to go pro. If, you know, she gets a win, I think she will. And, you know, we'll see if Christy can bounce back from back-to-back losses and kind of live up to that hype. Uh, so you said you had a couple big announcements today. I don't know if you put them online yet, or do you got anything you can share with us yet, or no? You're going to wait another day. With what? What? You said you had a couple big announcements. Oh, oh. So, you don't have yeah, to if you don't can, want to. It must be huge. He totally forgot what no. they are. You don't have to if no, you don't want we to. Can, <laughs> we can do it. Um 
Yeah, so I have uh, we're we're doing a couple a couple cool things with um, the content at Lights Out. So um, we're still kind of fine tuning the name. I don't have the name dialed in yet because I want to have something cool and something that hasn't been done before. But we're basically going to create more content. We have our own. We've got our website coming out, our stores coming out. We've got a mobile app coming out. Um, so we're gonna do like a, a weekly episodic interview type uh i don't know if you guys are familiar with the show that lebron james is doing called the shop yeah yeah he sits there yeah he, you know he brings people in uh whether it be athletes or whatever the case is in our case it's going to be fighters or coaches staff members sponsors we don't know exactly what we're not going to limit it to certain uh people but and we're going to do a week-long, you know, 30, 40-minute interviews with multiple people. We've got a nice studio here in Grand Rapids we can use. Uh, we're really trying to focus in on our content, just, just always keeping fans interacted, um, keeping them entertained and keeping them interested in what we're doing and just kind of building the brand up. So um, that's one thing. That's actually the first episode to start on Friday. Uh, we're going to actually do it from uh, the hotel where the fighters are going to be staying at. We're going to have numerous fighters come in, and we have a nice produ- uh, production team and, and everything like that, so it's going to be high-quality stuff. We're not just going to go in there with our camera phones and, and record some stuff. You know, it's actually going to be a production. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to have that coming out every single week now. Um, so we do have that going for us. Um, we're going to take lights out on the road. You know, oh. we're going to stay in Michigan for right now, um, but we do have a couple of dates set. Um, we're going to be going to um, Port Huron. Uh, we're going to be going to Detroit, and we're going to be going to Bay City this year uh, and next year. So uh, we're very excited about that. I never wanted to be some like a one-trick pony where you know we just stay in one spot and don't really get out and explore. Like we're going to invade the rest of Michigan, and then we're going to leave Michigan, um, <laughs> and, and we're going to go out. So. You know, we're going to, we'll always do shows, you know, Grand Rapids is our home. So we're going to stay in Grand Rapids and do shows there, but we are going to leave state and go do some out of state shows and, and go to certain parts of the state where maybe there aren't shows or me personally, I don't think there's good shows. So, um, uh, we're going to, we're going to start expanding and, and really lights out's going to take off and, and we've got some really cool things in the works. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We've been, I've been working Literally nonstop. Like I'm so tired. I know flight week is crazy, but was that exclusive, sleep, or have you told people that about that yet? I, I mean, I know me and you talked about it, but is that exclusive? That like we just found out a good tidbit, or did you tell somebody already? That's a tidbit. That's a that's not many people know. Just just uh-uh. a few inner circle people know about this. Um, because this is a breaking news undercard. David Feldman, the president of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships, just came on. And I just saw tweeted across the internet. Uh, he just announced that they're going seven rounds for championship fights. He didn't announce that anywhere. So like we're we're going viral. So that's the second breaking news that has happened on this episode. What? what? We're going that viral, is. Matt. We're going nuts that's today. Awesome. <laughs> Thank crazy, you. Crazy, crazy. Thank you. Any other secrets you want out there? Just gonna throw it, buddy. I like it, man. That's awesome, dude. Uh, you guys yeah. will do well worldwide because, uh, like, uh, you put on not, a quality show. I, I, I'm sorry, I skipped the country of the United States. I, I already made you worldwide, like Paris and stuff. You, you guys will do well outside of Michigan. No pressure. I did have a personal question for you, though. You ready? 
God. <laughs> okay, so every promoter I know just has a wad of cash, and they walk around with it, and I don't know how they do the accounting. You, on the other hand, I don't see you as a wad of cash kind of guy. Fight week is crazy. Sometimes you're up a 1,000, sometimes you're down seven. How, how do you do it? You got a calculator or something, or He's do you have the wife. wad of cash? He's got Ashley. Or does Ashley keep the cash? <laughs> yeah. Ashley doesn't allow me to walk around with one. See? <laughs> <laughs> so how do you no, keep track I, of it? Like pocket calculator? No, I have a full team. I have an accountant. I have um, um, not like a licensed financial advisor, but I have somebody that's been around for a very long time that's very smart with their money. And um, I've got, I mean, I've, I, I really have, my dad has owned multiple businesses, some successful, some that weren't successful. And he's always taught me that, like if if you're not investing in yourself and in your company, like it's gonna fail. So I I really have done that. You know, every every time I make money, like obviously I I keep some for myself because like I have to make something. But I'm always reinvesting into the company. Like you know, my cage is paid, bought for, 100% paid off. Um, I'm working on uh, a, like a really high end lighting system with a truss system and everything, so I can add production value to the company. Um, like I would love to just. You know, I make some money on some shows. I'd love to go blow it and buy some cool and fun stuff. But, like, I really i am trying to build something. I'm trying to really make sure that this, this lasts and, and it's built into something big. I want to be a direct feeder pool to the UFC. You know, I want to do some really cool things. And I can't be that wad of cash guy that goes to strip clubs and blows it and, and impresses my friends with buying things that I don't need. <laughs> like, you know, like if you ask Ashley, she'll say, yeah, you know, he bought a 75 inch TV last year and I was really pissed. But like, you know, I got to have some fun at some point. But like, I I just I had to be smart about it. You know, like if I don't if I don't reinvest money to the company, then it's not going to last very long. And like, I'm trying to do this for real. Like, I'm trying to make this my career. I'm not really trying to. Um, it's not a know, hobby. Do it for a year or two and be done. So, yeah, it's not a hobby for me. Like, I really like invested so much time, even when I was working with the other company. Um I've invested like five years minimum into like every day grinding in this business. And I, I just, I can't waste that. I'm, I'm trying to impress people or, you know, trying to act like I've got a bunch of money. Like that's I, why we I like you. you know, that's why we like you. Cause yeah. you're like us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I look yeah. in the mirror every day and I, I realize I look terrible because of this industry. <laughs> like I've been in it 10. Yeah. So like, I, I'm like, dude, I've aged. And it's the same thing. It's like you live and breathe it. Out, you know, all day, yeah. every day at home. It's all we talk about. You know, yeah. sometimes like you, my wife gets so annoyed with me. I don't. I don't <laughs> know what about she's talking about. She doesn't understand. It's like it's, I, I got to talk to somebody about it. But like you know, I and I work a regular job. I work fifty-five, sixty-hour weeks on my side job. Oh, that's my main job. I'm kind of my side job. So like. I actually had, literally, I'm not even joking. I had a customer come in today that thought I was 40 years old because of my gray hair. And, like, I joked and I laughed, like, oh, my wife, she, you know, she ruined my hair. She stresses me out so bad. But, like, this business has taken so many years off my life. But, like, I'm already <laughs> so, head, I'm so far into it that I can't just get out. Like, I, I got to go all in. Like, I, I, I've, my, I push my chips in. I'm all in on this. Like, I have to make it work because there's no other there's no other option for me. So like, I'm just going to grind until it works and it's going to pay off in the end. And, and then 20 years down the line, when I sell my company, then I can be that wad of cash guy. But until then, I'm 
I'm grinding and reinvested into it. I mean, you will be on a beach somewhere laughing about the old days. We'll be like, ah, ha, ha, you remember. It yeah. was just a, it, we'll, we'll have our own little private day. club. Yeah, and Ashley yeah, and I will be sitting up on a on a balcony with our our martinis. You do whatever and... you want, man. Me and Matt are gonna have fun, dude. Yeah, you, yeah, do, it. you guys do whatever you want. Yeah, you do whatever you want, dude. We'll put we'll put you on a strict allowance, and you guys be fine. Whatever. Anyways, there's there's this one small thing, Matt. That it's I know it's very minute and probably like not the main thing on your plate, but let me tell you, we have a lights out shirt, a T shirt from. I don't know how many promotions ago. I love that shirt. I wear it all the time. It's so comfortable. She's asking for free. Gear. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, whatever you're doing with your shirts, keep the same kind because I love them. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Nate Williams, Nate and Christy Williams, um, they do all my apparel. They're actually going to have a ton of stuff in the show. Like, they were supposed to come to the last show, and they it, it was really unfortunate. On their way there, they found out um, Nate and Anna passed away. Oh, like as nice. they were pulling into the venue, so they had to leave. Um, we planned on on rolling all this stuff out last show, but this show he's got a ton of new apparel. Uh, he's got tank tops, hoodies, sweatshirts. Um, we're gonna have like leggings and and fighters, you know, board shorts and all kinds of stuff. You know, our our app will launch on Saturday. Um, we've got a mobile app that's launching, and the store on our website will be live as well. So. Um, we're going to have a ton of new apparel and Nate will be the guy that does all that stuff. So, uh, I will definitely let him know that his apparel is comfortable because, uh, you know, we've, like I said, with us getting ready to kind of launch all this stuff, we like hearing that he puts a lot of time and effort into this stuff. So, um, we will have plenty available at the show for sure. All right. Lights out championship. It's hat- happening at the Delta Plex this Saturday. Doors are at six. Fights are at seven. Correct. Right. I got that right. Right. Towards, yep, six and seven. All right, and uh, get there early because you got you have one of the best walk up crowds I've ever seen at MMA. You just a lot of people show up and they line up to buy tickets too. So yeah, like, if you don't have your tickets in advance, in yeah, uh, you know, if, especially if they don't have the other side of the Delta Plex open, get there early. Uh, I also want to say, you know, Larkin's here. Uh, I didn't tell her how, how you scored her fight. Uh, make make her day. How did you score the fight? I I legitimately had a twenty nine twenty eight Larkin. Me too. I thought, yeah, I thought I thought her opponent. You know, she she threw some cool flashy kicks and some whatever, but none of that stuff connected. And like I think uh, that's a big problem with judging is I think people look at they they put too much emphasis on like the style of striking or kicking, but like if you're not doing any damage, then you shouldn't be rewarded for that. And I think they rewarded this girl. Uh, but also, I do think this is kind of like Bellator. I don't know if I heard the golden child, but I think they're really trying to push her at Bellator. So, uh, you know, a decision was going to be pretty hard to win. Yeah, we, we, we so, kind of felt uh, that there, maybe. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's for sure. You yeah. know, it's a tough fight. It's a, you know, it's a, but it's a good learning experience, too. You know, as long as you learn from it and keep pushing forward and going with it, then, then it's all worth it. But, yeah, I, I really did think you won that fight. I thought I scored a 29-28. I actually, it was crazy. We were, um, I was in a casino when that happened. I was being that guy a lot with of cash. in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I brought $150 to the casino and I was sitting down the slot machine and I was like, I looked at Ashley and said, what time is it? And she told me the time. I was like, oh shit, I think I probably missed her flight. And I turned it on like as you guys were starting round one. Oh damn, so that's awesome. I had a, 
Yeah, I had a bunch of older people that were mad at me for taking up the slot machine and I wasn't playing, but like I had to watch the fight. I couldn't. I, the betting had to wait. So when we got um, when we got there Tuesday yeah. night, you can appreciate this as a promoter. On Tuesday night, she was kicking off the event, so they were the first fight, and then she went viral from signing it in, in her work outfit. And uh, next thing you know, we were booked media day with lots of interviews. She had a meet and greet at Hooters. And then they like they told me and I, I didn't even tell Larkin, but they told me on Wednesday, they're like, we're dropping her way far back. Like, you know, like she's going to be like as close to the card as we can get. And so I was like, oh, well, OK, you know, so she got dropped to the seventh. Uh, which is kind of weird for uh, it was a one and over versus an zero and one, but um, you know Larkin, dude, nothing phases Larkin, dude. She's never nervous before a fight. Like she's just, I don't know, it's amazing. That's probably uh, that her chin and her heart, but uh, she never gets nervous for fights. She she enjoys it. I mean, so well, we we yeah. will, we will see you Saturday, good sir. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. All right, absolutely. Lights out championship, uh, Delta Plex. Take care, Matt. Thanks for uh, dropping some knowledge on us. Yeah, for sure. We'll see you guys in a couple days. All righty. Bye. That is Matt Frendo, CEO of Lights Out Championship. That is two things that were revealed there. I've known about that second one for a while. Yeah, I could tell. I got some fight. I'm like, get it off your chest. No, no. What? We'll see. Managing a couple MMA people. I'm just, just like, saying. you know, Grand Rapids yeah. are over here. Yeah. What's better? Um, Delta Plex <laughs> is like absolutely a cool venue, though. And um, yeah, I like it out there. Just uh, it's so far. Go for the Maneeb Michael fight alone. I don't. Murder. murder I know. Maneeb. It's going to be wild. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. That I cannot fight, wait to see it. That fight, there will be blood. I, I think. I think it'll be a stand-up battle, even though that both can go on the ground. I think it will be, too. I think some flying knees, some broken noses. Some, oh, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. the knockout of the night comes from that I hope fight. so. Um, I hope I'm able to go. Huh? I hope I'm able to go. I don't know if I work Sunday or not. Uh, early. Well. Yeah. No, I'm very excited to see that fight because I knew uh, Michael way early on in my career. When he was not. I'll when be he honest. Was, he was so-so. When, when he was like just kind of starting. But then I know Muneeb from like now, so it's very interesting because Michael kind of fell off. He fell off the Michigan planet because he went to Florida. American Top Team. Didn't know that he was he trained with he trains with Valerie. Yeah, you knew that. Yeah, yeah, and he like commented on something of mine and said, "Hey, that's my teammate." And I was like, "Oh, oh, sorry." You'd be like, "Murder, yeah, no. <laughs> murder Muneeb in three weeks." I, I told Muneeb, I'm, I told Muneeb, I'm like, now you have to beat him. Like uh, he trains with Valerie. I think it's gonna be a good fight. I, I think do too. Uh, the the main event, the cuppies <laughs> always bring it, and uh, I don't know. I think uh, I, uh, if I, well, I'll pick on Tapology. Follow yes. me, Kid, <laughs> Kid Vegas nineteen. Follow me. Uh, I'll pick on uh, Tapology, but I'm excited for the fight night. And I I know this probably hurts Matt's wad of cash, but I'm okay with it only being 10 fights. He's ran late. I know. I'm so excited. Only 10. Yeah. If I can get out of there before midnight, nice, man. That ain't bad. These one o'clockers, I'm like, Well, yeah, because it's like a two and a half hour drive home. Two and a half. If she's driving, yes. Me driving, three and a half. So. I'm going back to Hillsdale, so it's like an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, we got, uh, did you, you didn't even show her what you, she yeah, left on I the did. car? Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, my dandelions. So, um, so when you drive, uh, so we drove to New York. This is another Bellator story. 
And you get to learn some stuff about people when you drive 10 hours. First off, there's nothing in Pennsylvania, like, at all, once pa- past, like, Puxatani. Like, there was nothing. And um, so we were almost close to not timing our gas, right? We, we were kind of close to running out. But uh, this girl can drive, man. Like, 10 hours is, like, no big deal to her. Like, she didn't need a break or anything. She, as a matter of fact, before That's we got on— I was happy she was driving with you because— be, you, Before we even a, got on the turnpike, she demanded the wheel. She's just like, you know, she's like, I want the wheel. And then she took over and we freaking, you know, when we got to New York, you know how busy New York is. Freaking no, 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 no. nobody was on the streets. It was like four in the morning, four thirty in the morning. We yeah. pulled in front of the hotel. No one cared. Like, I mean, it was like four thirty in the morning. Um, but this girl can drive. Dang, dude. That's crazy, man. Ten hours was like nothing for you. What's dude. your last name? Dash. Dash. Yeah. Fast dash. I've done a lot of driving. I do a lot of driving. <laughs> I did not drive. I drove like 45 minutes on the way home. What did you guys listen to? Oh, lots of old good music. Yeah. Older good music. I would introduce her to something <coughs> she liked. Uh-huh. Like she knew Band of Horses, but she didn't know who they were called. Oh, okay. Chris had introduced her to it. And then I would introduce her a song that she liked, and then she would pick songs that I liked. So like they were the same genre. Oh. And then we went on a podcast mode, like like the last two or three hours. Did you hear Joe Rogan's interview with uh the with um what's his name the Tesla guy? Elon, uh, Musk. Elon, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Wild yeah. interview. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, I know it's good. Putting that out there. We 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 listened to Joe Rogan uh whether Hitler escaped Germany. Oh. Yeah, like the proof that Hitler had escaped Germany. Uh-huh. And then we listened to one other podcast. But we no, we 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 are pretty close in music taste. Like I w- I think it was Band of Horses and and stuff and then hers was very close. She would um she she's not really good with like bands or names, but mm-hmm. then like we'd google a lyric and it would come up. No, oh, okay. No. She, but, but Chris had introduced her to a lot of music that I already listened to. Okay. And then when she heard it again, she's like, oh, I do like that Chris introduced. Yeah, we have some Band of Horses on vinyl. Love Band of Horses, yeah. yeah. So it, it, the ride went quick. On the way back, she abandoned me, which I knew she was going to go, go with I the did. boyfriend. That was a long drive back, dude. When you That's don't have anybody and you look over and you're like... <laughs> And you just go right back. I know. And you know what? Normally, like when he used to drive to Chicago to do fights and he'd be calling me at like <laughs> six, five o'clock in the morning and be like, I'm on my way home. Keep me awake. And he did not call me while he was driving home. I don't. Well, there think. was no signal in Pennsylvania. No, so. it was it was weird. Pennsylvania was like they haven't discovered like cell towers yet. Like I didn't have anything. So like yeah. I had I had some podcasts downloaded to the other phone. So I was like, OK, I'm going to listen to those. Um but no, there's not. I can't tell you how there's nothing in Pennsylvania. Like, I mean, just nothing. I so. was very sore on the way home, so I like curled up in the back of the truck and slept the whole way home. Yeah, the whole way home. Like, I slept, and then we got in the truck, and I slept again for nine more hours, and then I went back to bed and slept again. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, think about how kind of went through how crazy like, fight week was yeah. for you too, because yeah. like, I mean, it's just. There's a lot going on during fight week, and then uh, you, <coughs> made, you made weight like a champ. But we we woke up and you were a little bit over, which I thought was going to happen. And so, at what eight or nine we were you were working on, and then um, 
I mean, there's a lot that goes into fight week, so you were probably exhausted. And then New York's not like a rest town. There's just nothing restful <laughs> about it. Just like, I mean, you know, nothing about it that's like restful. Okay. Uh, uh, her coaches, one of her coaches left it at five in the morning. I don't even remember <laughs> hearing them, uh, leave, uh, the hotel room and stuff, but, um, but yeah, it was good. He's Learning experience. Don't put your kid there. Yeah, don't put your kid there. What are you doing? Oh my God. We're just watching a kid like nosedive off into Detroit. Oh. Um, Overall, great experience, though. I was happy I got to share it with you. Big, bright things are coming your way. You have a new fan and Nana. Yeah, my mom loves you. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> you're like her. T- it's, you might be ahead of Hugh Jackman. Uh, but, no, you have a lot of new fans now, and that's a lot of fun. I mean, I knew, I knew that that would be a lot of fun. And um, so, you know, the future's bright. Now we're going to go out and win, win a lot at 115. Yeah, she's gonna go down to one fifteen and just be a fucking terror. Like, I mean, you watch that video. So the one thing people are gonna see is like that you're kind of unstoppable, and that's gonna scare people. Like, I mean, you just kind of will keep coming forward and take everybody's best shot. So, uh, you know, it's gonna be tough to talk people into the cages with you, but we'll we'll figure out a way. We'll lure them in with money or something. And uh, I mean, if anything, it gets them in the spotlight, right? Because now. I mean, Larkin's, you know. Exactly. I, I mean, felt like Larkin was the star over Valerie midweek. I was like, all right, she's bigger. I really did. Well, I just, because, because there's the, more hype over, like, the whole process of getting her there. Right. Right. It was. Right, because everyone kind of saw that Valerie just, like, walked in and was, like, the star. Mm-hmm. But there's no backstory. Like, she has no backstory. All right, there's so no what did depth. you, because I haven't had a chance to talk to you, because you didn't drive home with them, and when I did see you for like the couple minutes, you were exhausted again. The um, when you guys did the face off, and she was vibrating. She wasn't vibrating. She was shaking, nervous. I think. She, but that's what everyone was talking about, like shake weight. Like she, like was just, she was shaking bad. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I was confused by that. It was like so so obvious. It was weird. It was weird. That's, I just didn't know what I your also take was on kind of was. thrown thrown off by the fact that she had like no emotion all week. Like I don't know if it, she was scared, but like I was looking back at old pictures of other like, weigh-ins and stuff, and she wasn't like no, that. She, she looked very robotic. Yeah, like she did the whole like you know model poses, and then it was you know, and then just gone. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It was she was a very like odd person. Like she had. Normally, like, people come up to you and talk to you afterwards. She didn't want to talk. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, some people have different <laughs> game plans with, you know, their their fights. And, you know, I'm sure you'll see more different ones. And some people will like you. Some people won't. And, well, Bellator, uh, loved, Bellator loved what Larkin brought. I mean, uh, off off record, I was told that they loved what Larkin brought. But I do wonder if, like, Valerie, you're, you're supposed to be the star. They're just supposed to go find somebody. And then, you know, you sign in your Hooters outfit, and the next thing you know, you're on TMZ. You were on freaking TMZ. Right. Think about it, that, it, dude. Like, it probably, it's like, it it probably did the take, dynamic, really. Right. It probably, you know, and probably <sighs> did fuck with her head a little bit. It had to have. Because she's thinking, you know, they're just going to bring in some nobody to fight me. And then, you know, people see your record and they're like, oh, yeah, no worries. And then you come in and the spotlight's on you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it 
probably pissed her off. I thought so. I, I, I liked her comments that she was she was like defending um, Larkin for the like, job. Yeah, the job and stuff. And I, I don't I, I don't totally. think she was defending it. No, no, she definitely wasn't defending it. She was definitely uh, uh, not defending it. But if you read into it more, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think that nobody saw that coming. I mean, right? Exactly, and that's I think that fucked with her a little bit, and that's good. Like I, and especially when you got in there, it wasn't an easy fight for her. Right. Like I, I actually did what I said I was going to do. Right. Right. So yeah. So yeah. Let's have just like a real moment. We'll we'll hash out what really fucking happened, because like I've heard seven different stories about this, and <laughs> Larkin didn't know this. So like, but here's here's the actual real story. So uh, Larkin was working at work, and I knew if I had her sign in. Uh, her outfit that I knew that we might have a shot at having Hooters sponsor. And she kept messaging me like, come up and see me, come up and see me, come up and see me. And I was running late. I think I was showering or I had a lot to do that day. And I was just like, I was like, hold on, hold on, keep working, keep working. And I knew that there would be some publicity to like her being a Hooters girl. But I did not know that they would release that photo. That photo no, was just sent to yeah. Bellator. That was so. The next day, Larkin ring is ring girling, and uh, Bellator had leaked it to Barstool, and the thing went viral. And so, like the the truth of the story is, yes, I did want her to sign it in the Hooters outfit because I thought it would help sponsorship. But no, we were never going to release that picture. It was just going to be for Bellator, and then Bellator released it, and the thing went crazy overnight. But yeah, I was messaging Larkin the whole time. I'm like, keep working, keep working. We're on our way. We're on our way. And then we did it. I mean, you should know better that it's never going to be like, are you on your way? Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah Brad, I know. Brad's, I'm, I'm used Brad's to Chris. 10's 25. Yeah, I'm used to Chris. I, it's like 25 minutes. Chris is the same way. Okay. Yeah. But that picture went <laughs> crazy, dude. It was 5,978 different versions of that picture out there on the internet or something. He had and good hair came, and makeup that and it came, too, so that worked out. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and it came from a cell phone of mine, yeah. like, and they decided. But, I mean, it, it worked out. Everything's good because here's the thing. It, it was a loss, but it was a win. People know Larkin's name. They know how tough she is. They know she's more than a waitress. She, they know she's a fighter and that fighting is what she wants to do with her life. She did amazing during the interviews. Every interview was consistent. Everything stayed the same and everything was about how I'm a fighter. I'm going to give her a challenge. And now we're moving down to 115, which is the weight she should be fighting at. And Larkin's going to be a beast down there. It's just, I mean, watch the, out world. Thanks to the, the guy who, who offered up the fight for us. Yeah, James Gray, huge, exactly. huge. Uh, immediately thought of Larkin, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, just uh, and then uh, everybody at Bellator, Rich, the talent development, um, talked to him. Medicals was, you know, it's always difficult the week of, but um, I'm trying to remember the medical guy name. But um, everybody there was really, really cool. So it was a great experience. And you saw Hopper. I did see Hopper. I did. I got a selfie with Hopper. Uh, what was your, uh, out, out of everything besides the fight, what was your favorite experience? Hmm. I think, I think the interviews. I, I really know. liked the interviews. I like that, especially the post fight interview, actually. Yeah. That was awesome. And then I, I liked the, like, the walkout to the fight. Um, I, that's where you didn't seem nervous, and she seemed really nervous. I know. 
I know. And I wasn't nervous. I really wasn't because it was like, well, you know what? At this point, there's nothing that I'm going to be able to do to change like the outcome of this. Like, I'm just going to give it all I got. If I don't win, it's okay. Like, I'm still like, it's not going to hurt me if I lose. But like, I'm going to. Yeah. Well, I mean, what did you have to lose going out? Exactly. That's and that's why I wasn't scared at all. You know, like I was more nervous to fight Christina Ricker because. I was like, okay, well, maybe my I might lose, and then I'll not have a perfect record. But now I was like, I already don't have a perfect exactly. record, so I'm going to come in here and I'm like, going to give her all I got. So, <coughs> I mean, you're on the biggest stage in the world, and Madison Square Garden's exactly. biggest media and, capital of the world. I mean, just to be there was, I mean, amazing enough. But um, we're just happy you got the opportunity, and she'll be back. Exactly, she'll be back pretty soon. Uh, 115. Beast. 115. Yeah, beast at 115. Just like absolute beast. It's going to be fun. No, you did great. The post, the post interview, I was very proud of you because you, your smile, first off, you showed no damage. You had no damage from the fight. And the smile was like, I, I think even if you Google it, it's just like Larkin's upbeat after yep. a fight with Valerie. I did see it. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's not a, defeated opponent like she i mean we 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 kind of in the medical tent when she was getting her medicals done we all felt like she won mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah well i mean and it was also psychologically too like i don't want her to think like and i didn't have any like hard feelings about it and i was happy about the results in like a lot of ways but i would never let her know that if i if i was upset about it i would never let that i would never leak that because that is not going to be constructive for my future career like if i wanted to rematch then she'd be like hmm she should rematch you but at the same time would we stick around at 125 i don't know that would she could cut to 115 i don't know about that i don't know i don't know she physically she could cut to 115 does she mentally have the capability of cutting to 115 i don't know i don't know i love that you asked for the rematch and that she had to deny the rematch because i didn't think that she for sure she didn't roll over you like there's a lot of questions like Mm -hmm. you know but like I said, it, it was uh, your coaches. Uh, I was happy. Everybody was happy. So as we're walking around Madison Square Garden, it became kind of contagious. They did the post-fight pictures of you, and then it was to the press conference. And I think everybody, you know, felt like positive, and, and I think that just rubbed off. I think it was it was it was neat because like your positivity was just, you know, coming off onto the media there. And I, I know they want to see you again. I know Bellator w- would probably want to see you again soon. And so, like, everything's cool. But your family came, too. Your mom made it in. Uh, uh, your boyfriend, Chris, of course, was there. You had family there. That's kind of cool, too. Yeah, for sure. I didn't think my mom was going to make it. And then she's like, I got a ticket. I'm coming. That is so, awesome. She's awesome. Like, like a that. surprise and stuff like that. It's like, hey. I know. I'm, I'm she dying worked, to meet your mom. She works Saturday at um, – 2.30. Oh, wow. So she got done with my fight and then got in the car and drove back to Michigan. That is crazy. But she wouldn't have missed it. Ah, that's awesome. Well, we're going to wrap it up. I'm sure we'll talk more about Larkin's experience at uh, Bellator in the next uh, couple weeks. We're going to try to do a show next week. Why not? Yeah, we what are. We got? Yeah, we'll we're going to do. We'll be here. And then uh, Cody's... Uh, with Vince Murdoch, right? Yes. And UFC. Good luck, Cody. Yeah. Want to thank. Good luck, Vince. Good luck, Vince, in team, team, <laughs> whatever team Cody's on. Good luck. Uh, we got to thank David Feldman. Absolute awesome interview. Bare knuckle fighting championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks looks, to Matt Frendo. Yep, and Matt Frendo, who is a friendo of the show. 
And uh, <laughs> notice I didn't ask for a radio ID from Matt. I'll be like, I'll see you some other time. This is Matt Friendo from Lights Out in Grand Rapids. The CEO. You're listening to the undercard. I could get that this week. And uh, you can see Larkin ring girling uh, for Lights Out Championship this week. Uh, definitely She's always come, working. Definitely come by, <laughs> say hi way. to exactly. Larkin. I'll make sure she has some of the 8x10s too. So if you go see her, you can get those so we'll see everybody in a week take care